All right. Let's get a smack. Let's get a smack in here. Three, two, one. Ow. Launching in the theme song. This is Connecting the Classics. Competitive radio hour. Hosted by me, Will Hagel. I am the Burbank Teller. Music writer, music enthusiast, unofficial musician, unaccredited music professor. And I'm here with my host, Lee Robinson, the Rhode Island scholar. Hey, but you know more than I know. All right, feeling good. You're also a music professor, music scholar, music enthusiast. Both of us are. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling angry. Yeah. Every week on Connecting to Classics, Lee and I each pick an album. We discuss those albums, and then we pick three songs each, adding up to six songs of separation, Kevin Bacon style. And each song kind of connects off the other one. Hence, Kevin Bacon, Six Songs of Separation. And sometimes we do themed episodes. And this week, we actually accepted a theme from a listener named Will McCambly, who we have agreed to Venmo $1 to. And if if you want to get a dollar, get your name shouted out on the podcast, you can email us at connectingtheclassics at gmail.com or tweet at us at ctc pod and the theme suggested today was songs that make you want to fight <laughs> so let's launch into jj kale rad me high there's a lot of ways to interpret this theme but i think you took one particular route with it yeah so let's just jump in i i i don't want to fight very often I'm not a very angry guy. I am a very angry guy. I guess if I fight, it's usually verbal rather than physical. Never, I've been pushed around. I've been pinned against a locker. I've been in some precarious situations, but I've never really been in a fight. I've gotten close, never actually been in a fight. Have you been in a fight? Uh, nah, not a, not a real fight. I took a Muay Thai class and from watching UFC and like kind of learning more about fighting styles and stuff like that. I've also learned that like, you know, if you really know how to fight, not saying I know how to fight, but Hey, if you step to me, I know how to fight, but no, like if you really know how to fight, you don't really want to fight very often. So you're going to try to like diffuse the situation. And then also like, you might even want to listen to some like meditative music because you know, you don't want to be, you want to be fully in your right mind while you're fighting as counterintuitive as that sounds. But we have a history. We did this podcast before this recent reboot. Um, there was a lost episode of that version of the podcast where the album I chose was Weezer's Green Album. And I remember very clearly we did a live recording at a friend's party. And <laughs> like we listened to the, two hours into the party. We listened to the Green Album while everyone else was having a good time. And... We essentially wanted to fight each other by the end of it because Lee was just pissed off because he, you hate Weezer. I don't want to put words in your mouth. 
I don't know what it was. I wish I could recall better why I was so upset. I think it was because... I, I, I forget what it was. You and I disagreed about something, though. I don't remember either. I just remember the energy turned sour very quickly. It got really sour. And it was like, this is not a, com a friendly competitive radio hour anymore. <laughs> no, this is like, not. Lee is like, hates Rivers Kumo, hates everything <laughs> about Weezer, and now hates me for some reason. So yeah, it did turn we never that released way. that episode. But, you know, the theme came to me and I was like, well, nothing makes me want to fight more, I guess, than Weezer. So I went with Weezer's Blue album, their debut studio album from 1994. Which, for the record, I don't hate Weezer. I actually really loved this album. Do you just hate the green album? I don't, it must have been something. I, I can't, it couldn't have been as blanketed as as the green album, but maybe it was. I'm going to refute that because I think you do, you used to hate Weezer, so maybe you've evolved since okay. then. Okay, Maybe. I think, yeah, okay, that's fair. Maybe I just hated the Green Album. And the Green Album is poppier, but that's the album, because of my age, that I kind of came to Weezer. And I've told this story multiple times, but uh, I went to Borders to try to buy my first ever CD. And the dates don't exactly add up, but in my head, I remember it as I went to Borders and I tried to buy Coolio's album. Yeah. And the guy told me, oh, you're too young to buy this album. You can't buy Coolio. Uh -huh. I was like, fuck it. Then I'm buying Weezer Green Album. And nice. then it became one of my favorite albums. What did you fire back with, though? So I fired back with Choking Victim, uh, No Gods, No Managers. But why don't we start with a Weezer song since we got some Weezer Mo? Yeah, let's launch into the Weezer. And so then we'll talk more about No Gods, No Managers because I want your take that as well. Yeah, and I got a lot of thoughts on that. So really quick, before we go into Weezer, I just want to say Blue Album, debut album. They come in hot with, I mean, this track list is loaded. You got My Name is Jonas to start it off, which is yep. one of my favorite songs of all time. Like, I've always wanted to name a child or a pet Jonas just after the song. Ends yeah. with Channing, the workers are going home. Don't even know what that means, but I love it. Yeah. Uh, you got The World Is Turned and Left Me Here. Buddy Holly, I'd say no one else. Track two is kind of a skip. Otherwise, it'd be a perfect album. Undone, the Honestly, sweater song. Surf Wax America was my skip. Really, I love that song. You take your car to work, <laughs> I take my board. It's so bad. <laughs> Some great surf rock. Say It Ain't So is another huge hit. Yeah. Uh, Only in Dreams, shout out to my brother's friend who had a loop pedal and used to play that song has a big bass line on it. Yeah. He used to play it really fast and then slow it down to halftime and it sounded like the bass line and that was always very impressive. Nice. But my favorite song as I was a young child walking around with a Walkman listening to this was always track number eight in the garage launching in. We nice. it in the garage. This is like 
peak Gen X nostalgia. Pay attention here. My favorite rock group kiss. I've got Ace Freely. I've got Peter Chris. You know, loved Kiss. He talks about how he's got Kiss posters on the wall. His favorite D&D. rock group. Um, yeah, Dungeons and Dragons. And, like, kind of having, like, this little space where, you know... And, of course, Weezer is, like, lumped in with sort of the... I guess early indie at this point And kind of the, you know, pavement a little bit kind of style. Where it's, like, slacker. Not necessarily grunge, but... Like he's saying, like, I write these stupid words, but they also had an approach where, you know, I think I read an interview where Rivers Kumo said, you know, like, I structure all my songs like Kiss does, you know, I just do two huge hooks and then a couple verses and then a bridge that's just a crazy guitar solo. And then obviously they went on to become a lot poppier and everything. Well, that actually makes a lot of sense now that you call out Kiss. The other thing I was thinking about was that this is right after Pinkerton. So I no, feel like before. this is a really... This is right before Pinkerton? Yeah, this was their debut. And then Pinkerton came and was a lot kind of weirder. Oh, okay. Two years later, 96. So Pinkerton now is regarded as like the cult favorite. But at the time it was released, people thought it was too weird. Yeah, because I, f- I feel like people think this is too poppy. Well, then the Green Album went even poppier. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of power pop. It was also produced by Rick Okasek of The Cars. And I feel like you definitely can kind of hear some similarities with The Cars, where they're like a little poppy, but indebted to, you know, rock and roll history. Yeah. As a music enthusiast, and as someone who had a, my family had a garage growing up where I didn't really have garage bands, but I kind of had that idea of like, I was like having like a space where I can just play guitar, jam out with friends, no one else hears me sing these songs. I love that idea of this song. So this always resonated with me, especially as a kid. Awesome pick. Rivers Kumo, there's a lot to be said about him, frontman of Weezer, that we don't really need to get into now, like his weird meditations and vows of celibacy and having an yeah. Asian fetish. I always wanted a red, red Gibson SG because Rivers Kumo had one. I eventually got a white Gibson SG, basically because Rivers Kumo had one. So that's my background, but uh, I'll slap it on back to you. <laughs> uh great great pick. Also garage is a great place for rough housing. Uh I remember in like high school a friend 
bought two sets of boxing gloves and that was where we used to box. <laughs> We'd ask his mom to pull the car out and then we would box in his garage. I would do um uh what's it called? Airsoft gun wars with friends in a garage at some point. So Yeah. yeah a so lot of violence place. goes on in garages. A lot I think of the like, St. Valentine's Day massacre took place in a garage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, garage warehouse. Um, all right, jumping to choking victim. So And I want to say before you jump over there that I oh, thought okay. you would be all right. Yeah, I gotta jump in because this is the songs that make you want to fight episode, so I just want to fight <laughs> for the airtime. I thought you were gonna be a lot more contentious about Weezer, but it seems like you actually like this album. So I didn't get your thoughts. Yeah, on I it. mean for for what it is, it's it's perfect. I think I also like Matt Sharp and I can feel him kind of balancing out rivers in a weird way that's nice almost like ace freely with gene simmons exactly in that web no i thought it was great the only one i skip is that uh surf wax america because that chorus just i don't know too cheesy for me or something but um it's okay though it's not bad but uh yeah jumping to choking victim you know i know you got some thoughts here but i'm gonna launch into the reason i i chose the album outside of the fact that you know the band name itself has sort of a an aggressive, you know, sounding name. You could interpret it as you're choking the victim. Which I didn't understand this name. I'm just going to jump in again. I didn't understand this ga- name until spending more time in New York and realizing every restaurant has a sign that says choking victim on it. Ah, with like that instructions on how to save a choking victim. But the reason I, I chose this is because... The song that I knew out of this album from high school was Five Finger Discount, which nice. listening to it later, I realized he's talking about theft. But for some reason yeah. in high school, I interpreted it as punching someone in the face was a five finger discount. <laughs> so let's hey, launch it. <laughs> and baseline, incredible. Oh, yeah. So before we get too much further into this, I'm curious if your uh, your opinions are contentious because you don't like this group being sort of the precursor to Leftover Crack? Or is it that you feel like they're just a one and done kind of thing? Hold on. I'm eating candy. Bump the music and I'll come back. Alright. that face punch someone in the face to answer your question I actually thought it was 
funny that you picked this because this feels like an album that I would probably be picked because uh. like, when I was in high school, uh, Leftover Crack, which was the band that spawned out of Choking Victim, one of the bands, but every band that spawned out of Choking Victim was like the biggest band in this kind of punk scene that I would go to shows of and was a fan of. So like Choking Victim to me was like one of the greatest bands of all time. Uh, saw them when they reunited in Orange County a few years ago. And yeah, this album is amazing. 500 Channels is like a band would cover that. And like that was one of the best songs ever. Love all the, uh, when I was re-listening to it, because I hadn't listened to it in a while, but I loved all the like leftist. Um, oh, the inter- or, like, interludes. Uh, yeah, yeah, like they talk about invading Granada and how yep. it wasn't, there was no real reason to invade Granada. Speaking of fighting, you know, military, there was yeah. no real reason to do it because they don't even have any exports or anything. But the only reason was to say like, hey, fuck you. Like, don't even try to not be capitalist yes. and part of our system. Step out of line and we'll uh, invade you. Yeah. But I guess I can't overstate how important this band and then Leftover Crack, which both Stitza and Ezra, who are members of Leftover Crack, were in Choking Victim. So it was kind of like Leftover Crack just was Choking Victim, but with a different name Yeah, in a certain way. So it's not like there's no nothing like Choking Victim was worse or anything like that. But they were, you know, the very top of the punk, crust punk, ska punk scene. And every time I listen to any of their albums, except for Operation Ivy, which kind of spearheaded it on the opposite coast. Um, Mm -hmm. But it always amazes me anytime I listen to any of their albums, how they can blend so many styles together, like punk, metal, dub, ska, rap a little bit, kind of, or like toasting a little bit. Um, Great band. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, Crack Rock Steady, also another jam. Yep. Um, but yeah, whole album was great. I'd never really sat down and listened to this one either. So um, really fun. Recommend to listeners just both these albums for different reasons are very like fun and nostalgic to listen to uh, all the way through. So I did look up Five Finger Discount. Uh, you know, obviously is about theft, but it's a reference to how in Islamic law, a lot of times punishment for theft is amputation of fingers or hands. Mm. Hey, I'll give you five points and for that. So uh, I'm just going to tag with that and pass it back with all 10 of my fingers. <laughs> really quick. The other thing I was going to say about this album is just that this kind of music is really, you know, what I was listening to a lot in high school, bands that were either ripping off Choking Victim or covering them or listening to Choking Victim Leftover Crack themselves. And so... I feel like in a way for like an angsty teen, whereas one way you could kind of get out that sort of aggression is by fighting. But in some ways, like yeah, this music, I guess some people will listen to like heavy, aggressive music because they just like are so they have so much rage. They just want to fight everyone. Yeah. But in some ways, this music kind of deters you from fighting because you go into a mosh pit and like you get hit in the sides, you get like bruised a little bit maybe, but you know, everyone's doing it together to like let out that release of that angst. 
And it's, you mm-hmm. know, like if you fall, someone's going to pick you up in a mosh pit, stuff like that. But it's kind of like that, like craziness of a choking victim leftover crack show. It kind of, I think, releases for me, at least some of that tension that might, if it's not released, make you want to fight, if that makes sense. Yeah. But you passed you passed it back already. I just I could keep yeah. talking about choking victim all day, but we got a podcast to run here. And we're hopping back to me. We left off with Weezer in the garage from the Blue Album. I was talking about Kiss already, so... Yeah, let's hear it. That's going to be my connection here. Going into Kiss, Rivers Kumo's favorite rock band, Kiss. And this is Shock Me, the live version from the 1977 album Alive 2. First appeared on the 1977 album Live Love Gun. But we don't want to fight. We just want to kiss. We just want to hit you with a love gun. Love that imagery. Launching in. Yep. I'm going to pause it here because the other part of this song is that it's sung by Ace Freely, which normally Gene Simmons would sing and was kind of the front man. And Rivers Cuomo has stated that Ace Freely was his favorite member of Kiss. And this is his favorite song. And this specific version contains his favorite guitar solo. We're gonna turn the microphone over to Ace Frehley. Shock me! So Rivers Kumo used a lightning bolt strap, guitar strap, because Ace Freely did. So for the uninitiated, you've got Ace Freely's guitar. Gene Simmons is obviously bass and frontman. Uh, and then you got Paul Stanley, who's like rhythm guitar. Uh, and then Peter Chris's drums. That's like the OG lineup. Hey, we don't plan this, by the way. Lee's just coming in with the kiss facts. <laughs> I'll give you no points, but one kiss for that. <laughs> So this song has a similar backstory to another band we've talked about, Titus Andronicus, with I Am The Electric Man off their album Local Business. This was song was made after Ace Freely touched a metal ca- staircase railing that was ungrounded during a concert, and he got knocked unconscious and uh, knocked to the ground. Here's his guitar solo. Wow.
So one thing that actually really does make me want to fight is when people shock me. Like when people what? Shock me. Like have you ever has someone ever given oh, you like one yeah, of those yeah. fake pens? I really hate yeah. the feeling of being shocked, and that really makes me want to fight. <laughs> So he got knocked to the ground, electrocuted, and he claimed that he lost feeling in his hand for the remainder of the concert, but he still finished the show. And then he presented Shock Me to the band, but he was so self-conscious about singing that he recorded his vocals while lying, lying on the floor. So you're kind of a Kiss fan, right? Yeah, yeah, I like Kiss. So they're one of those bands that I've always just, you know, obviously they wear the masks and the ridiculous costumes. And so I've kind of never paid much attention to them just because of their kind of shock, shock rockness. There's another guitarist solo here. But I feel like if they didn't dress like this, they would probably be more. No, I won't say they would be more beloved, but I would respect them more. Well, one thing I was going to add that is like surprised me is... um, I've talked to my coworkers who are also like Gen X and they grew up like liking Kiss at a really young age, which surprised me. Uh, and part of, he told me part of it was that they had the face paint. Yeah. That it was almost like they were clowns or <clears throat> these fun characters, almost like a cartoon character. And he said he had a Kiss lunchbox at like nine, ten. I can see that. They do have like the iconic imagery. So it's super interesting to me because I, I learned about Kiss kind of when I got into classic rock. You know, I'll put quotes around that because it was kind of this just like group together world. When they went oh. on for so like I guess I think of them as separate from classic rock, like Led Zeppelin totally. or something. But that's like how I learned about them, you know? No, but it is kind of like around the same time, but their yeah. sound is closer to, I guess... Black Sabbath or kind of like early heavy metal Or like Alice Alice Cooper. Not not Alice in Chains, Alice Cooper, yeah. Yeah, like glam rock kind of. Yeah. But I always just think it's funny that Kiss is one of Weezer's favorite bands, especially because I grew up a fan of Weezer, but not of Kiss. And I was like, I can't really weave that web from Kiss to Weezer, but it does make sense just in terms of Weezer doing big hooks and guitar solos. Yeah, the guitar solos honestly remind me a lot now that you called it out. But I appreciate that he kind of went a different direction with Weezer rather than doing just a Kiss ripoff that kind of, you know, made a new sound that made more sense for the times. Yeah. Um, I'm always a fan of shreddy guitar solos, so I can appreciate that both for Kiss and Weezer. Yep. Um, All right, passing it? Yep. Well, if you liked my last pick, I think we got another favorite, either of you or um, longtime listener 
Drew Nolsch. Uh, we were talking <laughs> Naming about our, our listeners, right? <laughs> their, <laughs> their full names. So if you, uh, we were talking about five finger discount. If you get caught in Saudi Arabia or Iran, they will cut your fingers off or your whole hand. But luckily we're not in Islamic law and we can do hijinks, including, I don't know if you ever did this as a kid, knocking people's mailboxes or stealing people's mail. No. (laughs) (laughs) Jumping into dead Kennedy stealing people's mail. Crazy guitar solo. So obviously this is a little tongue in cheek, the idea of like, uh, you know, the youth can terrorize the adults because they care so much about their mail. And, you know, on a Friday night, they're just going to go through town stealing people's mail. Right. Uh, there's a great line about, we got license plates, wedding gifts, tax returns, checks to politicians from real estate firms. Did you steal people's mail? No, no, I was just joking. <laughs> that would make definitely, me want to fight someone. Definitely had a uh, knocking off people's mailboxes. But then you feel bad. It's really not that good of a prank. It is kind of funny because it is something that I get what they're going for and that, you know, it's not that big of a deal. We take your bail. But then if you've got something important coming and someone just steals it and then throws it, it could be really annoying. Totally. Um, Yeah, very much like I was thinking when I was listening the way that like the youth can really like terrorize adults because they have nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. And adults have all these like precious things like mail and whatever else. Yeah, and I feel like that's wow. kind of a thing of the punk attitude too. It's yeah. like live fast, die young. And it's a youth movement like a lot of music is. So it's like, well, and then especially, you know, choking victim, like political kind of bands or even dead Kennedys where it's like, you know, like these people are just living in this terrible society and fulfilling their roles Whereas we're like acting out against that. You know what I mean? Totally. The other thing I read that was interesting, I don't know if you knew this, but Dead Kennedys is a, uh, like, a, uh, what's the word? Like a reference to all of the assassinations that happened in that time period of 50s and 60s. And sort of, sort of from that saying that the American dream was also assassinated. Hmm. That's interesting. I, yeah, I guess I assumed I, it was based on like JFK and 
Robert F. Kennedy and every Kennedy who dies, but yeah, but I feel like you know Jello Biafra is kind of spinning it into I don't know the same kind of tongue in cheek commentary as the like gonna steal people's mail. <laughs> I like that, but uh, I'll pass it back. All right, well, we're cruising along here. I feel like this is a very cordial episode for the songs that make you want to fight theme that song did make me want to fight though yeah minute 30 just high and high energy i can see that and like i i already kind (laughs) of got into how that music makes me not want to fight but i can see how it makes people want to fight too yeah but we left off over here with kiss talking about clowns people wearing masks reminded me of luchadors we saw a luchador match in Mexico City together, and the people during the fight, the wrestlers got so close to one another, you know, in each other's faces, like they're about to fight. You've seen that. You don't have to go to a luchador match to see that, you know, people mm-hmm. getting in each other's face. But in this instance, the crowd was chanting, Beso, Beso, kiss, kiss, which nice. I think is just a funny idea because. You know, in that scenario, when you're getting like up close, there's something like disarming. It's a whole nother di- thing, but like there's something sexual about fighting, and there's something like violent about sex, I guess, in some ways. Also disarming if you were to actually kiss them. Yeah, and I feel like that's been done in movies where they like get in each other's face and then they kiss or something like that. Yeah, or like MMA, UFC. Yeah, yeah. Or there's something demeaning about like a kiss and stuff too. We were like yeah. choosing the high road kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, just going on that fine line between fighting and love. Uh, going with a guy. Oh, give me a second here. I'm just vamp for a second. I got to look up something. Um, yeah. Going into. Oh, this is an album I found when I was kind of looking up fighting albums i was like i wonder if there's ever been a wwe wwf album i already kind of told you i might do this as a connection because i thought about doing it instead of weezer and i found the album from the early 90s i think or maybe it was early 2000s i know that's a decade difference called wwf aggression uh-huh. which featured a bunch of rappers doing renditions on the theme songs and entrance music of different wwe wrestlers kind of from the era when I would watch pro wrestling a lot. So going into the theme song of one of my favorite wrestlers, Mankind, who a previous name of his was wow. Dude Love. That's what I was looking up. He's also Cactus Jack and a couple other things. And he's also in the movie I Am Santa, which I think is a great movie where he dressed up like Santa Claus for a full year. And performing his theme song is a dynamic duo of Cool Keith and Old Dirty Bastard. So launching into Wreck. And- cool Keith and Old Dirty for Mankind. Yeah. yeah! And this is gonna be done with everything! Cool Keith's first so good Cool 
front row seats with blowfly, the crowd is so high. Tickets with popcorn, we rock born. No circus here, just horses and a unicorn. Tuxedos and taxis, we roll with leather maxis. Catch the back breeze. Gypsy cats burn rubber, signing autographs for Danny Glover. Donnie Osmond and Dennis Robin up in an empty furniture apartment. With Mexicans maids rubbing the spots off the carpet. We move and face our targets. Punch, kick, fight. Nice. Old Dirty coming in. So good. Different from the other MCs. Cause I got the amazing ability. I can rock on the mic so you can have a ball. I can fly through the air, stick to the wall. I can take a punch or get hit by a car. I can go to the nearest or farthest star. As a matter of fact, that's what I want to talk about. How I went out of space just to be in a house. Punch, kick, fight, bite. Punch, kick, fight, bite. Nice. Would you bite someone in a fight? Yeah, I used to do that as a little kid. I love how both these rappers kind of like rap not quite on beat with like really absurd lyrics. And Mankind is kind of that rapper who's like, do you know you know about pro wrestling at all? No, I don't. I was wondering if that's where Cactus Jack comes from. Travis uh, maybe. Scott's label Travis, is called Cactus yeah. Jack. It might be a reference to that. Probably is, but one of his uh, mankind would like he would wear a mask and like his story was kind of just he escaped from a mental hospital or something like that, and his finishing move was uh, Socko. So he would put a sock on his hand <laughs> that had a face on it, and then he would be he would like talk to it like Socko, you want me to do it? And then he'd shove the sock in the other guy's mouth, and they'd be like, "Ah, that's absurd." So good, like he's just such an original, you know. Like he could be as weird as possible. So I felt like Cool Keith and Old Dirty Bastard doing perfect. this song was the perfect combination. Wow, I wonder who put that album together. I mean, yeah, I don't know, but I, it's pretty crazy. Like you got Method Man doing the Rocks theme song. You got Snoop Dogg doing the. Stone Cold theme song. But I thought this one was fitting just because I love Mankind and because it's punch, kick, fight, bite, kick his fucking ass. Yeah, I'll give you uh, 100 points for that. That's pretty amazing. And similar to punk, I always liked wrestling because it's getting out that aggression even though everything is fake, but you kind of feel like you're fighting you know what i mean yeah but i'll smack it back well real quick did you have a favorite wrestler mankind was definitely up there stone cold was like everyone's hero like definitely my hero but my favorite wrestler was Shawn michaels i got i'd say interesting the sweet and so would you watch it you'd watch it on um tv or how did you catch the yeah, on TV. Oh, I went to yeah. a couple live ones too, but wow. mostly, you know, Monday Night Raw every Monday. Yeah. And then pay-per-views. I used to That's watch amazing. it too like with my grandma. It was a a bonding thing where back in the day, my grandma lived in Florida and she'd be watching it and then we'd like call each other during commercial breaks. Uh-huh. This is a random thing quote from my grandma, rest in peace, but I just remember because I kind of liked wrestling because in between the fights, they'll do like a little dramatic thing where, you know, kind of the narrative of it's like a soap opera, you know, like, 
oh, yeah. you chucked me on my back, blah, blah, blah. I want to fight you. And I was really like that. But my, I remember when I was a kid and my grandma was like, I'm sick of all this talking. I just want to see him kick each other's ass. <laughs> Punch, kick, fight. Bite. Bite. <laughs> uh, pass it back. Nice. Um, all right. So we left off with the youth terrorizing people, stealing people's mail at the dead Kennedys um, from the Bay Area. That got me to another sort of proto-punk. I mean, not sort of. One of the main credited proto-punk songs. Um, this is 1958. This is Link Ray Rumble. Uh, mm. The song during the... Rumble. Uh, during Royal Rumble. A, during Oh, yeah. Connecting to WWE. Yeah. Or WWF. Um, this song was actually banned on some radio stations because they thought it was encouraging... Uh, you know, teens to rumble, which was a slang term for like gang fight. Mm. Jumping in though. Greasers would be like, hey, you want to rumble? Yeah. Sack up. Supposedly inspired by West Side Story that they would have rumbles. be a great song for bare knuckle boxing I like this I've never heard this before So this is the only instrumental to ever be banned on U.S. radio. Just the because of the name. Of the title and, and, yeah, and the way it sounded. Wow, that's great. So this guy's contemporaries are like Dick Dale and sort of that surf rock genre that's, you know, starting to become popular in the 50s. That Rivers Kumo uh, would sing supposedly about the way. Yeah, exactly. Surf. Yeah. Uh, supposedly the way he got this sort of rumbly sound from his amp is he slashed the speaker cone with razor blades. Wow. To try to get this distorted sound. That's definitely punk. one way to do a tremolo yeah yeah link rate an amazing musician more than just this one hit uh, has a really great catalog um you know more singer songwriter stuff he sort of started with the instrumental rock and became just a you know cult classic singer songwriter yeah and i just looked him up and it said that that song popularized the power chord which i could yeah, yeah. Hear that and kind of like 
I think it's credited with sort of proto-punk. I mean, this and like garage rock, basically. Yeah, in the garage rock. In the garage rock. But it definitely has that sort of feeling of, you know, it definitely has a punk feeling for being from 1958. So I'm going to give you uh, 1,958 points for that. Wow. Thank you. Thank you so much. If you're passing it back, you're probably going to subtract all the points from me based on what we're about to get into next. So let's get into it quick. Uh Uh Uh-oh. We were talking about mankind, talking about wrestling. What's one of the wrestling moves you could do on someone else? You know any wrestling move names? Uh, Powerbomb, that's one, right? Powerbomb is a good one. But we're launching into Full Nelson by none other than a band that I have now in my old age decided I will fight anyone who says that this album isn't good. Limp Bizkit. (laughs) Talking about aggression. Great pick. Why is everyone picking on me? You know, the bully always wants to fight. Knock the fuck out. Did you ever have a limp biscuit phase? A little bit. Never got super deep into them, but I definitely don't hate them. Really? Okay. See, I came in yeah, thinking yeah. you would hate Weezer, hate. Limp Biscuit, but I can appreciate good pop music. Yeah, I really liked uh, Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavored Water when it came out. But I was like ten years old, you know, and I was like, they just said shit like <laughs> fifty times. <laughs> and it's like, really, what's the difference between this and Rage Against the Machine? Totally. Other than Fred Durst seems like a douchebag and they're not singing good lyrics. Well, remember I had a POD phase. Okay, yeah. (laughs) I didn't hate POD. Yeah. Just funny they're Christian. Yeah. Uh, Basis of Limp Bizkit named Sam Rivers, like Rivers Kumo of Weezer. I mean, there's nothing like getting a bunch of people riled up in the early 2000s, just a bunch of bros with backwards red hats who want to fight. This 
I mean, new metal was the perfect thing when it it hit, like the perfect cultural moment. Yeah, and I actually kind of feel like rap rock is kind of coming back in a weird way, where like people think it's a lot cooler now, but it's also probably gonna be a little cringy and yeah retrospect. DJ Lethal. Was he like the brains behind this? Because I know Fred Durst isn't the like the brains behind this. I mean, in my mind, they were just a band who had a DJ, but who knows? But like, who writes these songs and stuff? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I thought it was Fred Durst, but you think he's just? Not I mean, maybe it enough. is. He just gives me a lot of front man energy. And that's, that's all true. he's got to give. But I don't know. I mean, totally maybe the guessing. band the band just did everything and he came in and just yelled, but who knows? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'll pass it back. All right. Great pick. Killing it. Um, I'm going to give you whatever my score is times a nookie. Oh. Um, hey, you can take that score and shove it up your... <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Uh, okay, we left off with Link Rave Rumble. We got teens in the street. Um, but you had alluded to this earlier in terms of, you know, what's one way to get that fight energy off. Um, I think in addition to music, you've also got sports. Mm. And you've got fight songs inside of sports. Nice. Um, but I don't want to play a traditional fight song by any school. So I'm going to jump into keeping with sort of my proto-punk. Now we're in some post-punk new wave. This is Mission of Burma. This is a Boston band. I don't know if you know of this group. Um, the song here is Academy Fight Song. Nice. Big influence on like Pixies, um, R.E.M., kind of some of that later 80s, 90s rock. And so I chose a live version because they are known for having pretty crazy live shows compared to their uh, studio versions. Hey, we've been webs to kiss. Walking to my room. After drinking questions. Also very Ramones. Yeah. So this is uh, this album got really popular, and when they went to tour on it, they said that they would play these shows, and all of the people would just back up against the wall because they were just so thrown off by the energy of the live show versus the studio versions, which were much cleaner, and so they didn't know how to react. I like that. 
instead of moshing. So the other reason I chose this song is I wanted to tell you about this story I read where uh, when they were auditioning a new drummer, the way they picked the person to like try out in the band is they brought people into a room and they would just put on a like James Brown song or a Sun Ra song and they would just play the entire, they'd put on like a 10, 17 minute song and they'd see who would stay in the room the entire time. They wouldn't That's say great. anything to, to the people, and they would just sit there and, and listen to the music and see if they got <laughs> up and left. So that's what I do, do to you on CTC. Yeah, you just play 17-minute songs. Uh, this song was 1981, for nice. reference. I read some stuff just now on Wikipedia about their live performances and people saying when they were good they were very very good but when they were bad they were horrid <laughs> you never knew where you're, whether you're going to get one of the most spectacular experience of your life or it's going to be a ball of incomprehensible noise yeah which i think is great which reminds me of when i saw leftover crack back in high school and, Ooh. Uh, brad logan got in a yelling match with stitza and they got in a fight for some reason i can't even remember why and the he stormed off stage and then when I saw him again in Ventura and Stitza just randomly walked off stage halfway through the set and then Brad Logan came back out and said sorry uh, our singer burst an eardrum but here's some cookies from our tour bus Jeez. and handed out cookies to the crowd it sounds like you know modern cultures tried to cancel Stitza I think he did get canceled for something but I don't remember what yeah, I, I think, think he's back. Domestic though. abuse or something. I don't know. But I feel like for the music that he makes, I mean, I don't know what you'd expect. Yeah. Um. So I got kind of a long one to close it out. I don't know if you want to go on a run or if you want to pass it back, but I'll let you decide. Oh, no, you go. You go. Okay. So we left off with Limp Biscuit Full Nelson, which... The full Nelson is a move where you grab someone's neck and you could potentially make them a choking victim. So that's my connection here. Uh, Again, I love every song, 500 channels. I know every word to that. And that was like, listen to that on repeat back in high school. Crack Rock Steady is kind of a reggae. I'm just going through the track list. Reggae song that was amazing. Fucked Reality is great. Uh, Five Finger Discount, good. But going with the closing song, which I always thought was funny for many reasons, Living the Laws. Little metal, punk, dub, ska. 
shout out to my friend Neil, who I used to be in bands with, and we would actually always get in fights, and the bands would break up, but he used to always play this and just go, Live in the law! Live in the law! is basically what every band that I would go to punk shows in Champaign, Illinois, like. five points sounded like, yeah. And here's what Choking Victim does best. Little funky bass coming in. Do you know, does the bass player use a pick? Do you remember? I don't know, but I would believe it. But... I just love this song spooky too. Spooky bass. Goes, yeah. Almost spooky bass. It's like the specials or something. Ghost Town. Yeah. Like this is what every band sounded like. But you know, mentioned Operation Ivy, but obviously Choking Victim kind of helped pioneer this sort of crust ska punk sound and then this reminded me of Limp Bizkit right here. Little rap. Nice. Totally. It was just always hilarious back in the day too, because like with ska punk, it's like everyone's like moshing and then the reggae verse comes in and everyone starts skanking <laughs> around in a circle. And then as soon as like, oh, and everyone just starts pushing each other. And that's like, ah, that's... and then everyone's like in a perfect circle, <laughs> skanking. That's so good. That goes really dub right here. And I feel like this song in particular is like spookier, like you said, whereas on a lot of them, it's like really happy, upbeat, and then like, yeah. Yeah, so after Choking Victim went up, broke up, Ezra went on to found Morning Glory, which is a pretty underrated band, I think. Um, it's kind of interesting, too, how, like, Choking Victim, Leftover Crack, their paths crossed with, like, a lot of kind of indie bands that had punk influences, like, even, like, the Hold Steady and stuff like that, and World Inferno Friendship Society... Yeah, I love this album. Was glad to get healthy dose of nostalgia in listening to it. Um, the song is still going though, so we've got we've got a 
a ways to go. So I don't know if you got any other thoughts about fighting. Well, I was trying to remember, isn't there like an audio excerpt right now? No. Um, oh, no. but it's just kind silence. Of, yeah. So this is the closing okay. track and I'm kind of spoiling it, but it's a hidden track here. But Michael Parenti is the guy who is used on throughout the album. Okay, his, okay. His leftist political writer, so it's like his they speeches say the are kind hanging of hanging man hears glorious music. I wonder what it sounds like. <laughs> it says Parenti was once a friend of Bernie Sanders, but he later split with Sanders over the latter's support for the NATO bombing of Yugoslavia. Ooh. So then here's the hidden track at the end of yeah. the album. Which so good. Just straight reggae version of Crack Rock Steady. Love that they ended it like this, which I forgot about this until I was listening to it again. So I guess I guess what I thought you were going to say is you're going to have some strong opi- opinion like Catch-22 versus Streetlight Manifesto type thing. Oh, no. But you're all in on both. Yeah, to me, it's the same band. Yeah. I mean, I know it's different, but the core of it is the same. Yeah. But, yeah, they, they also broke up immediately after this album came out, which is another kind of interesting part of it. I think, yeah, they are a perfect example of kind of personalities who are very prone to fighting being crack addicts and drug addicts and just very like contentious personality big egos in a traveling punk band you're bound to have some blow-ups but i feel like their politics have always been on point they said very much inspired by dead kennedy's I was wondering if the font is even almost an homage. I could see that. Yeah, I'm sure it is. And then I love like a song like this too, because it has just, you know, it's talking about killing cops and they go from living the laws to living above the law and just doing a very straightforward like reggae song. like. They can do this, even though they're like a sloppy punk band. They're actually pretty musically talented in a lot of ways and blend a lot yeah. of different genres. So, I love the horns. So I guess this hidden track is actually called Ska Rock Steady.
So yeah, they have a connection to Rancid, and that's that's what led to that first fight at the first Leftover Crack show I saw, because this album came out on Hellcat Records, which Tim Armstrong from Rancid was involved in, and Rancid has a song called Brad Logan, and Brad Logan was in Leftover Crack. Convoluted story, minus five points. <laughs> Love that ends with the guy. The music ends and the guy is still singing. Passing yeah, it back. Yeah. <laughs> All right, closing it out. Love that you're testing me with a nine-minute song because I'm going to do it right back. Hey, we we were talking about Mission of Burma, who I said was a big influence on REM. Uh, they actually covered that song we listened to, Academy Fight Song. But you know what else? You uh where you can get REM uh, only in dreams <laughs> yeah. I'm getting too predictable So part of my connection here is that normally in your dreams, you know, you have some kind of paralysis that allows us to sleep safely without moving. But some people can have a REM sleep disorder where it'll cause them to kick, punch, and arm flail, or even jumping out of bed in response to dreams. I must have that. I only want to fight in dreams. That's why I like Weezer. So wait, so only in dreams, are you being either chased or having to defend yourself? Is that part of it? I don't think there, maybe, there's not really any logic to it usually, but I have my wife, Anna, go to him, the Beatles song. Uh huh. I have like, kind of, like she's a little bit scared to sleep in the same bed as me because I've like full on kicked her, punched her and stuff, like I'll flail my arms and stuff. I've also sometimes wake up in the middle of the night just screaming. You might have this rim thing. I actually do remember one where it was like in my dream I was about to kick something scary. Like I was like fighting, yeah. defending myself, and then I woke up and I was See? just like power kicking. Like <laughs> Maybe it's because I don't want to fight in real life. You got to do only it only in dreams. dreams. 
give me a shreddy guitar solo. Oh wait, we gotta wait. Yeah, gotta build up. Only ten build more, up. ten more minutes. <laughs> hey, I'm still sitting here. I'm along for the ride. Have we done a dreams episode? No, but I'm down to do that next episode. No Fleetwood Mac allowed. <laughs> Rumors. I think that could be good though, because I feel like dreams. Music comes from probably a similar place that dreams come from. Well, so I don't know if you read. Um, Wiki was saying that this song is actually about Rivers' artistic process. Oh, like he has ideas come to him in dreams. Yeah, I people tick typically think this is about a girl or something. Another funky bass, though. Yeah, Matt Sharp. Best member of Weezer. Oh, give it to us. Give it to us. It's coming. Give me that ace freely. <laughs> Give it to us.
both picked last songs too. Well, it cut out for me as soon as I said last <laughs> songs. But uh, <laughs> thanks, Weezer. And thanks, listeners. Thanks, Weezer. <laughs>